Welcome to the Faith and Grief Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and grief. We hope the stories and interviews you hear provide some comfort and hope on your grief journey. Faith and Grief is a nonprofit that provides grief support programs across the country, in person, and online. Learn more at faithandgrief.org. Welcome to the podcast. Today I have um, really an episode that's going to be inspirational, is the easiest way to put it. I have a group of nurses um, who have put together a series of devotionals just for nurses. And I'm going to have them introduce each of themselves and their individual books that's a part of a series. Um, and you'll hear a little bit later in the podcast about how that came about, but I'm going to start with Anissa. I'm a nurse <laughs> practitioner uh, here in Tyler, Texas. I've been in nursing, well, in healthcare since about 2002, 2003, where I started off as a, as a nurse aide and progressed on up through registered nurse and now nurse practitioner. And at one point in my life, will probably be a DNP like Dr. Joe and Dr. Bridget and Dr. Belinda. I'm working on it. Um, the books that we have out, my title is uh, Chosen to Heal, I Am Who God Says I Am, Daily Devotional for Nurses. And um, I was asked to join the collaboration with um, Dr. Dr. Bryant and the other ladies um, to help inspire and encourage the nurses as they go through the trials and tribulations of daily life. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Ms. Chiquita. Hello, my name is Chiquita Kelly-Dale. I, the title of my book is CPR for the Soul, and CPR is an acronym for Conqueror, Resiliency, and Perseverance. So, Conqueror, Perseverance, and Resiliency. And I was uh, inspired to help write this daily devotional because I have persevered and I have conquered in I have defeated breast cancer. So I have been in a place to where I have needed some encouragement as a nurse and also as a patient. Um, I've been a nurse for 27 years. I live in Mansfield, Texas, and I own a home health and a hospice company. And I'm getting ready to purchase a pediatric home health. I truly believe that nurses are the backbone of the medical profession. And I, I believe that being a nurse, you have to have the compassion in your heart to, to help touch someone because sometimes the only thing that they get is an encouraging word for us. And so sometimes the nurse needs to be encouraged herself. So I was delighted to be able to put together some devotionals so that we as nurses could encourage us. Dr. Joe. Yes, I am uh, Dr. John Anna Bryant. Most people call me Dr. Joe, so they don't have to mess up my name, um, and and that is okay. I am um, well. I'm an ordained minister. I have a doctorate in nursing. Um, like I, I mentioned to Shelley earlier, that I've been doing licensed work for the last 29 years. I started taking vital signs when I was in grade school. My mom's a nurse. And so uh, whenever my sister would get sick, you know, it was like, come, come take her temperature. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't a d digital uh, thermometer like we have today. It was old school with mercury and you had to shake down the thermometer. 
um, and to, to get the, to get the temperature. And then when, um, my father came home from Germany, he had high blood pressure. And so I've been taking bottle signs since I was in fourth, fifth, sixth grade. So if I never pick up a thermometer, blood pressure or a stethoscope, it will be okay. I've been doing this a long, long time. And so the title of my book is Walking by Faith, Not by Sight, Daily Devotions for Nurses. And over these last three years, really heightened the, the walk by faith, not by sight. Mm. Um, it's been a journey of mine for longer than that. But, you know, there, there always comes a point in your life where things are really heightened. And you're put to the, the test of, okay, so what you want to do? You know, you're faced with this issue, whatever that is, um, but what are you going to do about that? Um, and so that was, that was my reasoning for wanting to, to, to be a participant. I asked the ladies to join me um, because they're, one, because it was Christian-based, mm. And you, you can't just ask anybody to be a part of that design. You know, you have to have um, that person who is, who's in alignment with you, who is, um, who sees similarly as you do. Not that we agree, because we, we don't, you know, we're human. Right. Um, and so, you know, agreeing to everything is not always the case. Um, but, you know, it, it's great to have like-minded um, folk. And as Proverbs tell us, iron sharpens iron. So where I'm weak, Onissa is strong, and Chiquita might be strong, but Dr. Michelle or Dr. Bridget may not be. Um, but But collectively... A three stand cord, it, it, it can't be broken. And so, and that's with the spirit of uh, the idea with the Holy Spirit being in the middle of it. Although there's five of us mm-hmm. um, within, within this series, collectively we are surrounded and, and, and um, in, immersed with and in the Holy Spirit. How do you guys know each other? Oh, wow. Um, Dr. Michelle and I, I've known Dr. Michelle 15, 16 years. We were co-workers and then I was her boss. Um, And for Dr. Bridget, Chiquita and Onissa, as well as um, Dr. Michelle, we know each other from Black Nurses Rock, um, which is a, a nursing organization, nonprofit nursing organization. And so it was one of those things just because we met in one location Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that's our sole identity. Mm -hmm. Right. So although we are part of this great organization, we are sister friends. Um, And I know that I can call any one of the four girls and say, pray. And they're Mm -hmm. praying. They don't Mm -hmm. even know what they are praying for. Um, (laughs) We're like, (laughs) okay, but you know, that's, that's that's, what's happening. What's going on? That's right. You don't always have to know. (laughs) No, and you don't, and 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 that's the that's the great thing about sisterhood, mm. um, true sisterhood, that you can reach out and say to them, um, yeah, things aren't aren't right. I can't talk about it, but I need you to pray about it, mm-hmm. and 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 go from there. 
from that sisterhood, that relationship you guys already had, this is where that blossomed. Yes. Yeah. Just quickly, what has this been like for y'all? Um, I know I was, you know, it's easy for me to work in my office and I'm not seeing patients. I'm not in a clinical setting, so I, I've got it pretty simple. Tell me a little bit about that. Anissa, what about you? Well, at first I was working hospice as well, home hospice. And that meant I had to travel and see these patients in their in their homes. And everybody was not taking the proper precautions and trying to, um, not really taking it seriously initially. Um, some of them, and my patients are older. These are hospice patients. They're terminal. Um, so there's nothing else that the doctors are going to be able to do to prolong their lives. So for me, it was a little bit difficult for me because I have a special needs son too. Mm-hmm. So I had, I made sure that I had the proper PE, PPEs, shoe covers, isolation gowns, um, N95 masks, hand sanitizer, Lysol, you name it, I had it. <laughs> so I made sure that I did everything I could um, to keep them safe and to keep myself safe as well. And clinic setting wise, when, when this initially hit, um, my clinic shut completely down, completely down. It was like we would go into work, but we weren't seeing patients. So we were doing all the administrative things. Um, and so as we slowly started to open back up here recently, um, I think we started back in June, the first of June. The 1st of June, I think we opened completely back up to start seeing um, patients. And so we uh, implemented things like temperature checks at, at the door. Right. Um, they had to call through a call center to make the appointments and they had to ask this certain series of questions in order to try to screen them. And, you know, everybody's not going to be honest. Mm. Then they come to the door with the fever and with it being Texas heat, we had to let some of them would come in with the fever, but they would have be negative with everything else according to their responses to the questions. But so we would make them sit there outside of our clinic for at least 10 minutes and then recheck their temperature. And if it came down, we would see them. If it didn't, they would have to go to urgent care. And so now we had a couple of um, people within our clinic that actually tested positive. And so we've shut the whole thing down. So they're not letting us do anything. And everybody had to get tested, including myself. And then even whether you're positive or negative, be on a mandatory uh, two-week quarantine. So it, it has been a journey. And then the day I got the call um, about um, some of the staff being positive, I had to recount my steps to see have I worked with these people Wait a minute and then you know and I had just sent my son um, to my mom's house and she was getting ready to pick up two of my younger nieces one is two and one is three months and so I had to call her in route and say hey you can't pick up the, you can't pick up the girls you have to wait until I get these test results back so I'm freaking out here, but being profitable because I'm like, I don't have symptoms. I'm cool. I've been doing everything I'm supposed to. Psalms 91, Psalms 91, Psalms 91, Psalms 91. <laughs> I worry about my mom who's in her 60s and then my my special needs son. So now I have them on self-quarantine and sending them instructions. Okay, you need to take this, take that, take this, take that, do breathing treatments, do this, do percussions, whatever, drink some hot tea, put some hot tea down his G-tube. I don't care, do something. <laughs> but trying to do everything I could 
um, to get keep them safe as well. So it's it's been it's been interesting. And Joe can tell you it 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 got me for a minute. Had my faith wavering, mm-hmm. wavering, and that's the un- most that's as honest as I could be. Because even though we can walk by faith and not by sight, when that stuff hits you in your throat and right here in your mm-hmm. face, and you get to thinking about all of these people that you know and love that you could have unknowingly right. uh, put in harm's way, it weighs heavy on you. And so in the midst of all of that and trying to finish um, the things with the book and get everything lined out, it was heavy. It was heavy. But again, keep moving forward. I was crawling on my belly like a snake, just kind of scooting, kind of scooting, trying to get there. But we're still here. And that, that's that's how it has been for me through all this pandemic stuff. Yeah. Dr. Joe, what about you? So for me, um, I, I work for um, I work for the government. And so I surveyed nursing homes. So we mm-hmm. were shut down March 12th, like no travel, no none of this, blah, blah, blah. And so in the beginning of April, um, we had to begin surveying. So we had to get fit tested for PPE. Mm have a thermometer and gloves and gown and we had specific things that we had to go through and all the other kind of stuff. And then on my last day on this one particular survey, my boss calls me and she says, you have asthma, don't you? I do. I have to pull you off a survey. Mm. And so for me in part, I'm a doer. I'm a worker. I've always been that We know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it got to me to a point where it was like, I'm not there for my team there. You know, we have added one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us. Three have been doing all of the traveling since the beginning of April. Wow. And so you know, I, you know, trying to help out on the back end, the administrative piece that you were talking about, which as we keep going, the administrative piece keeps growing, you know, um, the, the mandates or the, the guidance that have gone out that there's no visitations or visitations are limited to nursing homes only for really special reasons and all of those kinds of things. And so people are now, because some of the world is opening back up, some of are not, but in, in all of that, you have people who are saying, this isn't fair. We want to see our loved ones. What are you guys going to do about it? And so that's part of the, the thing that I have to deal with. But in terms of uh, personally, I have my goddaughter's um, mom mm-hmm. and um, a very dear friend of mine who's a DJ, both struck with COVID the same time. Wow. Both went into the emergency room to the hospital the same day. Both of them were intubated that same week. Um, and both of them, I got phone calls with, I don't know if they're going to make it. Mm. So for me, I had a real, I had a real hard time with hearing the 
bombardment of information from the White House task force and here in the Northeast. So we had the White the, the White House task force. Then we had Governor Cuomo from New York. Then we had our own state. Then we had our local. So for five to six hours a day, all you kept hearing was, I don't want to use negative as, as, as a bad thing, but you had, it was information overload, like mm. nobody's business. So for me personally, I had to figure out how in the world am I going to live and survive mm. being home, not being able to do what I normally do in terms of being a surveyor out in the field, praying face down, plate down for two dear friends and trying to manage my goddaughter's care with her brother and the grandchild and um, calling my mom and making sure my mom is okay at 81, calling my aunt who's 88 and my uncle who's 90, you know, (laughs) all of these, all of these things at the same time. And I'm like, Oh wait, slow down. Wait, there is one thing that I can control. And that is what I see on the idiot box. And so the thing that I see on the idiot box, I will watch law and order to the end of the earth <laughs> NCIS until the end of, mind you I've seen every last one of them and there's a lot of all them, of them. <laughs> all of them law and order all of them CSI I've seen them all yeah. I have not missed a show um and so I had to take it upon myself that I was only going to watch the news in the morning right and in the evening and I would rather get my update from ABC than from other, you know, local ABC and national ABC. So I had one hour from six to seven. That's it. Other than that, I was watching mindless television because I <laughs> couldn't take it. I literally was feeling anxious yeah. and that's not me. Exactly. You know, when, you know and this, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're the person who's always in charge, you always have things in order and this is not working the way I want it to work right now. Exactly. Well, kind of back to what you were saying a minute ago about just that onslaught of negative news. And it was news and information. And probably generations ago, it, you know, you you heard it on the radio or you heard it on the television, but now we hear it everywhere because we have a computer that walks around with us all the time. And, you know, in our line of work in grief work, We've seen certainly, um, we, we see what we're all going through as grief at some level. Um, what do you think grief, what's, what's the role that grief has had in this? Like Dr. Joe was saying about the anxiety level. Mm-hmm. I've never been an anxious person. Um, feeling down, crying yourself to sleep at night because of everything that's going on. And trying to pick yourself back up and trying to find re- to relocate yourself, right? Because you've gotten so overwhelmed and consumed about everything that's going on around you. So our eyesight had us seeing all these things and hearing all these things, but the insight is what we let get smothered. Mm. You know. So once we tap back into the insight, 
which is coming from God, that's when the healing and the, the, I guess the resolution of those feelings start to slowly improve, at least for me. Mm -hmm. So I had to tap back into that insight and not go by my eyesight because looking around, we're in a bad situation, you know, but knowing who is in control and actually relinquishing that control Mm -hmm. to allow and and refocusing and focusing back on him and, and, and finding your way back into his arms and into his presence is the thing that has gotten me back to almost where I used to be. I'm the most optimistic, upbeat, laughing person (laughs) that you will ever meet. But then it took me from that to where my light was dim. And I could see it within myself. Joe knows because I talked to her about it. Right. But my light was dimming. And I'm like, I can't let it go out. Mm-mm. So let me start blowing on it like the, like the flame. Let me start blowing Wait. on it. So I Let's, had get literally had Let's get some fan in here. <laughs> I had to fan it and blow it. I literally had to stop everything and get by myself and anoint my own head, hands and feet mm. with oil and lay in the floor prostrate before God. Because I was losing it. I was losing this battle. It wasn't mine in the first place. But because we're so used to being in control to where I took on burdens that I shouldn't have. Yeah. And when I did that, it got those burdens got heavy, heavy on my mind, heavy on my heart, heavy on my spirit and started taking the me away from me. Mm. And so it, it took it took that reversal from looking from here to looking from here to get me back to where I am right now. And I still got a long way to go, but I'm not where I was a few weeks ago when I talked to Joe, almost crying on the phone. Yeah. Well, I love what you said about kind of moving from eyesight to insight and kind of from, from what we can see and we're just being inundated to going back to our heart, to love and to, to what, you know, what we're called um, we are called, and right. we are loved. Jaquita, what about you? Does that resonate with how some of what you've experienced? Your grief can take you to places that you've never been before, but your faith in God that He will bring you out will bring you out of that pit of grief. Um, it's been tough seeing loved those that we know personally mm. be diagnosed with COVID, but you have to stand on your faith. You have to pray and you have to speak things, speak healing in your prayer. And and just talk to God and let God know that you God, I trust you. And I believe that you can bring my friend back, my sister back, my brother back to a good health. So you just have to tap, you have to dig for a deeper level of faith. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible, it tells us that all we need is faith the size of a mustard seed. So if we just have that little bit of faith. When you find yourself in the grieving process or dealing with a lot of grief, you have to tap into your faith to bring you out. Right. And thank God for that mustard seed. I've wrestled with this probably a good two and a half months. Mm. The, the Christian versus the clinician. Got it. And so the Christian part, my salvation, my my light in in christ says my god is bigger than any of this 
my God can squash it if he so desired. My God can heal every person. My God is greater than anything that's ever is and or was to be. Then the clinician piece kicks in. And that thing right there messed me up. And, and, and it's not... <clears throat> It's not that I'd never had that battle before, because I've had it personally, but to have it to that magnitude, mm. I hear the science, I'm listening, I see my friends fighting for their life, I'm praying, I didn't call it, had prayer warriors literally across the country, mm-hmm. praying face down, plate down, the whole nine. And I'm like, well, God, what? Who, can somebody tell whoever was the, t- throw Jonah over? <laughs> throw Jonah over because he done messed up and we all suffer it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I really, and that was part of my anxiety mm-hmm. was the Christian the, the good old fashioned ordained Baptist minister, pew baby person mm-hmm. versus the nurse, the clinician that I am, the science that I am in hearing, you know, regardless of whether you're in the medical field or you're not in the medical field, you hear the words, there's nothing else that we can do for you. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is, this is it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is different than we don't know what we're doing. And we don't know how this thing is doing whatever it is doing. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear that and you're like, um, wait, no, this is not, this, this is, this is not what we're in, not what's supposed to be happening. And then to try to be the encourager. Right. Right. So you have the Christian versus the, 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 the clinician versus the encourager. So now you trying to be all optimistic. Yes, you know, this is what you have to do, da 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 da, and so forth. You A, B, C, D, and you close the door, you hang up the phone, you close Zoom, and you're like, Jesus, I can't. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't. No, I, and she covered it. <laughs> I believe she covered it. <laughs> because, I mean, seriously, you, you can try your best and to be available and present for other people. And you do the best you can and you try to encourage and, and stay optimistic through this whole thing. Mm. Yes, we're going to make it through here. Yes, right. we're going to do this. All you have to do is just pray and do this. And then you close everything down and it's you and the Lord by yourself. And you have to have a serious conversation. Look here, Lord. I don't know what you're doing. I don't have to know what you're doing. But whatever you're doing, can you hurry up and <laughs> fix this? I don't know what your time frame is. But I know now. I know right now I can't take any more. Right. One more thing, Lord, and I'm going to crack. Yeah. And I'm trying to be everything you've called me to be, everything you've chosen me to be. I'm trying to be available for all your people, but I can't even be available for myself right now. Mm. So how can how can you use me? When I feel like I'm already used up. Yes. That's mm. that that's that's a true true statement. We right. pour out, we pour out, we pour out. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in at work in terms of pouring out. Right. Sure. It's, Everywhere. It's who we are in life. You pour mm-hmm. out. We pour out to our children. We pour out to our spouses. We pour out to our 
our parents, to mm-hmm. our siblings, to, you know, our fellow church members, you know, all these things. And you get to a point where you are well past empty and you're I'm, okay. Now what, what do you, I don't, I don't get it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking about being empty, how do you fill yourself back up? Where do you find comfort and hope? Well, Jesus drank wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, I just want, I just want to, I just want everybody to know Jesus drank wine. No, in all seriousness. Keep the point. Turn this right here into wine. Listen, listen, listen. I believe what the Bible says now. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm full. Mm. I'm feeling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I can't say that I'm full. Right. I, I can't, I can't say that. Um, and so for me, I, I try to do some mindless stuff. Sure. Um, Law and order. Law and order. Yes. I don't have to think about it. Um, my husband, he says, didn't you see this already? Oh, I saw this already. I know it's a TV. It's, 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 it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, I know it's on repeat and I've probably seen it like 15 times over 20 years. It's okay. Um, but it's just, it's background noise. If that makes sense. I'm not watching it, but I am. Right. right. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. talk to me cause it's on, even though I've seen it, <laughs> even though I've seen it already. Um, but staying connected with my church family, staying connected, um, with my extended family, Mm. um, being connected with my immediate family, um, and, and really just taking the time to think. And Mm. sometimes that's not a good thing to think. Yeah. You do have to kind of fill some of the space. And I, I like what you said about um, you feel like you're filling, but not full. And I, mm. I think that's how we're going to be for a while. Like, right. I know I've experienced that too. It just seems like the the funnel, the sieve, whatever is going out one end and I'm pouring on the top. Um, and it's, it's saying maybe uh, a little below the line it needs to, but at least it, it is, uh, is it trying, trying anyway. It's a weird feeling. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. We're, we're in this very, um, there's a writer, Richard Rohr, and he talks about liminal spaces, which is mm-hmm. basically the space in between things. Like, you know what was before and you know what was after. And we're kind of in this really strange liminal space that is really hard to, like, grasp because it, it, mm-hmm. it's space. It doesn't really exist. But we know how it feels. Mm-hmm. And it's like a gray area in, in everything that's going on. We're yeah. not healed, but we're not where we were. Right. We're kind of right there in the middle. Mine is like molasses in the wintertime moving very slowly. Mm. <laughs> in Vermont, in the middle of a snowstorm. You got to get the whole story straight. Yes, in the middle of a snowstorm <laughs> in Vermont. So, but it's it's the, the way I have been able to get from where I was a few weeks ago or a month ago to where I am now was the breakthrough for me was that day I did anoint myself mm. and, and, and take active control of what I was allowing to come in. Mm. 
mm-hmm. of the, the the stupid tube, as as Dr. Joe would say, and and ex- exiting the social media, mm-hmm. you know, eliminating a lot of that, and not spending so much time on it to let that feed into my spirit, and instead being outside and looking around and watching God's natural choir and listening to them like the birds tripping and watching the squirrels run up and down the trees and chase each other and just looking and admiring those things. And then starting to do more, going back to what I used to do, self-care, the exercising, the getting my feet done or doing it myself (laughs) or, you know, allowing yourself to get in a, get in the jacuzzi tub or just a hot tub of water with your wine and <laughs> and your candles and just put your grapes it's nice. your grapes it's yes. grapes yeah, it's just grapes grapes crushed grapes why not <laughs> <laughs> but you know getting getting back to the things i used to like to do mm-hmm. even though i can't do it in a crowd which is fine by me but to to reconnect with myself then allowing myself to reconnect with god and then allowing myself to reconnect with friends and family and staying connected with those, with those people that's very important to me. So that's how we're I'm able to start, as Joe say, feeling mm. no matter how slow it is. Slow progress is always better than no progress because at first I was going downward and now I can see where it has already hit that U-turn and starting to come back up to close to where I used to be. Not there but in route to right. that person. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you all for your um, honesty and transparency and just talking about what we're all going through. Um, I'm excited for the devotionals to come out. Um, do we have a date yet? Do we know? No. Not yet. Okay. So uh, <laughs> late summer no. 2020? Summer 2020. That yes. sounds okay. Like that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have until September 21st to end the summer. So <laughs> but everything is in process anyway. So it's just a matter of the, putting the final touches on it. Yeah. Yes. So we're not far from the mark. As long as God don't push the finish line back. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll, we'll pray for that. How about that? We could do that, but Thank you guys so much, ladies, for joining me today uh, on the podcast. And Chiquita, thank you as well. Um, and uh, as the as the devotionals come out, um, we'd love to add those to our book list. And we just started a book club here at Faith and Grief. And the, to me, this is probably beyond a uh, just a book club thing because there's uh, just a whole series of, of devotionals going. But we'd love to. Um, promote those through our networks and stuff. And thank you. Yes. And again, thank you so much from us out here in like the general public for um, being a nurse, for following your calling and understanding that the spirit is there and that that guidance is there. And sometimes when that faith feels like a mustard seed, we just got to keep trying to look for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for extending this olive branch to us. Um, is is much, much appreciated. Um, it's, it's given us an opportunity to hear one another. Yeah. We're doing a lot of, a lot of texting. Yeah. Um, and, and so we have a lot of personal stuff, but it's good to be able to hear 
each the other author's perspective right. of their why. Mm. That's, always good. That's always good. Chiquita, what about you? Um, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to uh, provide this platform for us to discuss our devotionals. It we do have a title for nurses, but anybody anybody can read it. Anybody can use it, and they will find inspiration. They will find some words of comfort, and just wait till summer twenty twenty to see when we come out. That'd be great. Yeah, Faith and Grief podcast is supported by listeners like you. Donate today at faithandgrief.org. The opinions expressed in the podcast by the guests are solely those of the guest and should not reflect the opinions of their employer or other associated organizations. The guest's opinions do not reflect the opinion of the podcast or Faith and Grief Ministries.